Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, highly apart. Welcome to another edition of After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on Believe Network. And uh, every time that come across this gentleman, which was uh, infrequently, but uh, numerous enough for uh, me to always come away overwhelmingly impressed uh, with his way of illustrating what goes on in life and especially on the NASCAR circuit. Uh, pleasure to welcome to the show. Uh, and you see him as a NASCAR commentator, of course, had a brilliant career as a driver and as part of the first family of NASCAR. We welcome Kyle Petty to the program here on After Hours. Kyle, how are you? Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Welcome. Oh, it's uh, great to be with you. And uh, you were doing something that, that I guess uh, kind of goes against the grain here a little bit. But uh, this new book that you have out is drawing rave reviews and uh, everybody can't wait to dive into it because you take a deep dive into a lot of things uh, and areas uh, concerning NASCAR and NASCAR coverage and the image of the sport that uh, might have been considered untouchable before. Tell us about uh, Swerve or Die. Your, your book about the first family uh, being the pennies uh, of NASCAR racing. Thank you, sir. Yeah, the, the world is changing. It's okay to talk about things now. Uh, <laughs> used to, nobody talked about anything. So, uh, you know, it, really, it, it is, it's it's a book about my life growing up in the sport. Um, it, it's funny uh, talking to Jeff Burton and Dale Jr. and some of those guys recently, uh, after I'd written a book, and, and, and they didn't really even know I'd written a book, I grew up with Richard Petty, but I also grew up with David Pearson and Bobby Allison and Donnie Allison and Buddy Baker, all the greats from the 60s and the 70s because uh, I was just a kid going to the races tracks with my dad. Then I raced against Earnhardt Sr. and Mark Martin and then raced against Jeff Gordon and then raced against Jimmy Johnson and, and Tony Stewart and the greats that came along uh, at the end of the last century, I like to say, in the beginning of this one. But I've just been around a long time. So my perspective of the sport, uh, where it is, where it's come from, and our family's involvement in it and the way it intertwines back and forth, uh, it's kind of what the book's about. In the, in the last chapter, we get into NASCAR. Uh, we get into race relations uh, with Bubba Wallace and, and, and some of the things that have gone on in America. Uh, we get into electric cars. We get into a green movement. We get into a lot of stuff. So uh, it's just uh, it's one man's opinion, one man's view, um, and, and that's about what it is, and that's what it'll always be. It's not going to be any great. Uh, great piece that goes beside 
uh, Dickens or, or Hemingway or something like that. Just, it's just an opinion piece. It's just an opinion piece. Kyle Penny with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby, Lubitz. Uh, and, and I'm sure you've addressed this question many, many times, and uh, I may have even posed it to you before, but uh, just always curious, because uh, you know, I, I grew up uh, and uh, NASCAR racing was on wide world of sports. We weren't necessarily, I grew up in the Northeast in New York, uh, the biggest fans. I uh, didn't have the deepest understanding of it, but it was there, and there wasn't uh, that much in the way of sports offerings, especially the, these kind of anthology shows. Uh, on TV. So, uh, you know, we, we took in the NASCAR and it was Cale Yarborough and uh, AJ Foyt and, uh, and your dad. And, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, I guess later on, uh, you know, to, to a large extent, uh, the focus was on Dale Earnhardt, but, uh, well, what was it uh, about your father and, uh, that, that made him so unique where he was uh, able to compete at the highest levels, uh, with these other, uh, you know, uh, guys at the time that, that will always go down as a uh, hall of famers, and among the greatest, what, what was it about your father's uh, driving technique and or competitive spirit that, that set him apart uh, from, from these terrific drivers that were uh, around at the time? You know what? No, no idea. Um, oh, no wow. idea. But, and, and, I, and, I, and I will say this, but if you and I could bottle that and sell it to some of these young guys, uh, we, we wouldn't be on the radio and I wouldn't be talking to you. We'd be in the Bahamas somewhere on a boat. <laughs> I, I can see that. <laughs> That, that, it's that intangible. It's that intangible. What made yeah. Nicholas Nicholas? What made Palmer Palmer? What made, you know, Mays Mays? Uh, what makes, listen, what makes LeBron James LeBron James? You look at great athletes, and, and a lot of athletes have that skill set. They, they have all the physical attributes, um, but the piece you can't see is heart. The piece you can't see is determination. The piece you can't see is somewhere deep in their soul and deep in their heart. Um, and it comes out, and, and it comes out, and, and they rise to a, to a different place. They play a different game. Uh, it's just uh, Tiger Woods played a different game of golf than everybody else for a number of years. You just rise above it. Um, and, and everybody's searching for that, but very few find it. it it's rarefied air. So it, it's amazing that you mentioned growing up in the, in the, in the Northeast uh, because I compare our sports uh, to hockey, which I'm from the South, so – I saw I saw hockey every now and then on TV. Didn't understand it, enjoyed it, but didn't understand it, um, and and would watch it. But the way the world has changed, who would have thought the Stanley Cup would have been in Dallas, Texas, yeah. or, or or out west? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean that 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 trophy was going to stay in Canada or the Northeast. That's where it was going to stay, and the Cup Championship was going to stay in the Southeast. Mm-hmm. Well, as the world changed, man, uh, the Cup Championship has moved to California. Uh, with with Jimmy Johnson and people like that, and it just keeps moving around. So uh, I wish I knew, back to your original question, I wish I knew what that intangible was um, because, let me, I'd, I'd have snuck in his room one night and stolen it from him. Did it seem far-fetched? I mean, uh, what would these uh, so-called, uh, you know, uh, founders of, uh, you know, the establishment of NASCAR as, as being a recognizable sport in America? What? But would they have been surprised at the evolution and the expansion and, and the way that it really took off to the point where, you know, you mentioned the NHL, uh, Cal Petty, and uh, it, there was a time there where, you know, people, and it may still be uh, in place, so where NASCAR what was more recognizable than what was considered the fourth major sport, which was the National Hockey League. Uh, uh, could uh, any of these people that, that were driving in the 60s and the early 70s, 
have anticipated what happened and and what to what do you attribute that that success that NASCAR had in, in, in reaching people and and being able to uh, go ahead and cultivate this kind of expansion yeah you know I, I have I have I to your first question uh, no listen my granddad if he if, if my granddad could come back today and see what these guys are doing and see the sport uh, I think he'd just turn around and go get back in his grave uh, I, I don't think he would <laughs> I don't think he could imagine imagine ever have imagined um what the cars are uh what the drivers are uh the tv exposure that the sport has uh i I don't think i don't think that was that was that would have been i'm not sure that would have been a wildest dream for those guys as much as it would have been a nightmare for those guys more so so i don't think they thought that far ahead i think my dad's generation began to think the sport could be bigger and then when earnhardt and jeff came along uh, and you look at the, the the 80s and the 90s, then they dreamed of being big, and they wanted to be big. Uh, and and you know when when R.J. Reynolds went away, the tobacco companies for political reasons, and you got into telecommunications and other major sponsors like Coca-Cola and mainstream sponsors, you you saw that what the sport could be. Um, and, and and I think, but nobody listen. We raced at the L.A. Coliseum this past this this year, uh, our first race. Uh, was at the L.A. Coliseum. Next year, NASCAR is going to race on the streets of Chicago. It's a street race. Oh, it's wow. Chicago, Lake Shore Drive. So when you start looking at things like that, no, because this sport started in a cow pasture with about six cars running in, in, on a dirt track. Wow. Uh, to think that it has has come to downtown Chicago in that part, um, I, I, I don't I don't believe anybody could have envisioned that. The NASCAR leadership has done phenomenal things. Uh, and thinking outside the box with the sport. So um, I, I hope that continues because if that continues, the sport will continue to grow. And I don't and listen, I don't know why all of a sudden after after the sport started in 49 and it was humming along, humming along, just a regular little southeastern sport. And then sometime in early 2000, man, it exploded. And nobody knows why. If we knew, that's, that's another one. If we knew why, we'd bottle that and sell it back to them. Mm. Well, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, best yeah. of luck with the book here, Swerve or Die, Life at My Speed in the First Family of NASCAR Racing. Kyle Petty, our guest here on After Hours. And, and thank your dad for me, uh, for turning me on a goodies headache powder. <laughs> One of the few things I ever purchased because of a live endorsement on TV. And uh, stuff's great. I mean, it really does work. Uh, thanks so much, Kyle, for being with us. Best of luck with the book. I'll be sure to. I'll be sure to tell him that every time you leave, you get a, every time you go visiting, you get a parting, parting gift of goodies, headache powder when you walk out the door. So nice. thank you for the book, oh, man. I appreciate You're it. You're the man, Kyle. All thank right. You. Thanks a lot. Kyle Petty, our uh, special guest here on uh, After Hours. Hey, he's a really good guy, uh, very eloquent. Uh, now, uh, obviously, we've mentioned this before. When we have some of these interviews, we, we have a limited uh, window of opportunity to speak with uh, Kyle. Actually, we got an extra couple of minutes there because uh, well, this never happens, right? No, no. Where the guy gets to you early. It's on me. And, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the other guys must have run out of NASCAR questions or something. <laughs> uh, maybe they weren't much, uh, you know, or, or deep uh, uh, into it uh, as we were, uh, Luby, because, uh, man. That was, uh, you know, that was uh, some expertise there that uh, was exhibited. I, I do remember we used to bet on whether or not uh, Kale Yarborough or A.J. Foyt. Yeah, they were massive. Uh, when uh, they were getting out of like a Ford Galaxy uh, back in the day there at Daytona. And it was, as Kyle uh, Betty mentioned on Wide World of Sports, it seemed like they were driving on dirt. <laughs> I mean, uh, and then uh, the big question was uh, whether uh, Foyt, who was a rather large guy, would pull a hamstring because they couldn't open a door trying to climb out the window. 
of the car after the race, which was always my big fear whenever I was asked. And I've been invited a few times uh, to do uh, various things uh, around auto racing where, you know, and one of my experiences, of course, I, I wish if you had been with me on this trip, uh, you would literally, I mean, it would talk about an indelible impression. I pissed myself. Uh, <laughs> when a uh, producer and I were assigned, uh, we were sent to the uh, Budget Gourmet Driving School nice. at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Nice. Which was a NASCAR thing. And I guess Budget Gourmet had bought a bunch of advertising uh, on the radio station uh, trying to promote uh, whatever their products were. And uh, part of it was this whole uh, campaign they had going with NASCAR. So they sent us to what was a fairly uh, sophisticated you know, uh, just because it was a frozen dinner, it was a very sophisticated NASCAR driving school. One, one of the uh, places you know, where you could go in in like three days, almost become like a, a reasonably, uh, you know, competent NASCAR type of driver. All right. So, you know, and people paid big money for this. So so we get a freebie into it. And uh, I, I remember we're going about, well, I mean, we, we get to the airport and, and uh, the radio station wasn't really that, uh, you know, heavy into the idea of us going and spending a lot of money on this trip. So they told us uh, to rent the cheapest car that we could find. All right. Are you following this, Libby? I'm following. Cheapest car that we could find. But doesn't so this car have we, to drive on the thing or they, they give you a car? Well, no. For the NASCAR training, you're, you're driving an actual like NASCAR type of car, right? Okay. You're, you're driving a race car. Okay. But we're trying to get there from the airport. And uh, we don't know exactly where we're going to get to the Atlanta Motor Speedway or the hotel. But we wanted to go to the Speedway first because it was one of those deals where we flew in the day that we were supposed to start the training. Oh, geez. Okay. So uh, we're getting there about 9 in the morning. And we're supposed to be at the first class at like 12 o'clock or something. Of course. So we go straight to the Speedway. And we had rented a Geo Prism. Oh, geez. Which was a piece of shit car that uh, really, really didn't have. <laughs> I don't even know if it had an engine. I'm not sure. I think they had two ducks, like churning, uh, you know, with their webbed feet in the water there. Uh, that uh, constituted uh, whatever it was that they, uh, you know, were trying to generate power with this car. Uh, so anyway, we end up uh, driving onto. We took a wrong turn uh, driving into the track and ended up on the track. Oh no! Is that oh, right? really? In this geo prism. Now, what, what I, I didn't know about the Atlanta Motor Speedway, that they have the most uh, inclined bank turns. I mean, it was like being Lance Armstrong in the Pyrenees. I mean, uh, the, the bank turns at the Atlanta Motor Speedway are, are like climbing the Himalayas. Oh, I mean, uh, just And the geo prism couldn't handle the acceleration <laughs> and height that we were trying to navigate there. And uh, all of a sudden, we hear... New, 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 new. And we're on a track with this piece of shit car that is uh, no more powerful than a golf cart trying to go up a mountain while cars were actually on the track going 170 miles an hour. You talk about shitting in your pants, oh man. Oh, my God. Wow. True story. True story. How do you... And that was our introduction to uh, our NASCAR uh, training. Oh, my God. We only lasted one day in the thing. Uh, we, we went for the first day, and after the first day, we said, you know what? This ain't for us. So we just did the shows as if we were going to the school and uh, talked about Budgie Gourmet and how fine the frozen <laughs> broccoli was. Or whatever it was that they were pushing. The turkey, they, it wasn't the turkey. Yeah. It was stuffing. <laughs> I will say this. It, it's uh, physical. It's a lot more physical than, than you would anticipate. You know, this was at a time when I was in a reasonably decent shape. And uh, it, it was more strenuous. Very hot inside the car. Uh, you're wearing like a, a heavy, you know, the fire suit thing is kind of heavy duty with the helmet and everything. 
and uh, you're, you know, actually struggling to keep this thing together. And, you know, if you get up to any kind of speed over like, I mean, if you're going 150, that that's it, it's a, it's a little bit strenuous to, to maintain that uh, how they do that for like whatever it is, 300 laps or whatever. Yeah. It's not that easy. It, it would be physically demanding of these drivers. It's not like you're cruising down the, you know, expressway there on your way to pick up a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of burgers and some ice cream or something. Uh, so uh, respect for these people. Uh, Kyle Penny, uh, one of the good guys. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, was he in an impossible, uh, an impossible position? There's no way his career could have been as good as his father's. No, no. Richard Petty was, is they call him the king. That was his yeah. nickname. I mean, and it's what he was. Super cool. You know, has the whole dude. cowboy thing yeah, going, the glasses, uh, sort of, yeah, with the, the boots hat. and the hat, yeah. And that Goody's headache powder, I mean, we ended up snorting a different kind of uh, powder that uh, <laughs> had, had an impact on our head uh, for a long time in the early 80s here in Miami. But, uh, yeah, the Goody's headache powder was a unique concept, wasn't it? Uh, and, and that was Richard Penny. That was his big endorsement. He, he was uh, selling this aspirin that you snorted. <laughs> 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 Who knows what was in it? I, yeah, no. you, you notice Kyle laughed at that. He All right, uh, preseason football tonight, Luby. How excited are you? Uh, two games on the slate, and uh, we should offer a prediction. So far, we've buried our, our adoring public on our show. Well, on, should uh, we? South Florida Live here. <laughs> we gave we Jacksonville in the under in the Hall of Fame game. Both are wrong. And that turned into a disaster, a catastrophe <laughs> for our backers here, who, who ended up uh, seeing all of their money go up in smoke. And uh, by the widest of margins, because the uh, under was easily eclipsed. Uh, the game, uh, the total was uh, 30 and a hook, and it ended up being uh, 37, I believe. Uh, scored, uh, points scored in that ball game, And uh, what was it, 27-11? So uh, 38, 38 points scored. Yes, you were wrong. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders dominated and, and, and went all in to win. Yes. The Hall of Fame game. There was a theory out there that because uh, Josh McDaniels, who's taken over the Raiders as head coach, and uh, hopefully he'll have more success there, uh, at least for his sake, than he did as a head coach of the Broncos, ended up going back to Belichick. And you thought for sure, did you not? It it's always reminds me of a story. I, I don't know if it's a particularly flattering one for the people uh, involved here, but uh, there was a guy in the horse racing business named Fred Hooper. He was a famous breeder uh, from Ocala, Florida. And uh, Fred Hooper owned a horse called Needles, who uh, was uh, a Kentucky Derby winner. And, uh, you know, he, he was a, a guy who seemed like one of those guys. I don't know. You meet some people like he, he looked a little like Jimmy Stewart. Like he looked like he was old when he was born. So uh, anyway, Hooper, uh, you know, always looked like he was on his last leg. I mean, uh, he appeared to be in his 90s, even when he was probably in his 40s. And uh, he, he had a, a wife. Uh, he married a very young woman. And uh, you, you were thinking, uh, geez, uh, you know, she could have only married him knowing that he was filthy rich and, and figuring he, he, he was he was not going to be long for this earth. Yeah. Her, her name was Wanda Hooper, and she was like a, a flight attendant that he had met. So she's in like her, uh, I guess, 30s. And, and he, I think, is like 70 something. OK. So, you know, everybody speculated, oh, geez, Wanda's just waiting for this guy to kick off and she'll get all of this capital. Otherwise, what interest would be she have in this, like, doddering old man? And uh, he lived forever. I think he lived to be, like, 110 or something. And, and Wanda, in the meantime, went from being, like, a hot babe to, you know, just being a woman that looked like she also belonged in an old age home. 
and uh, never got, you know, to, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I'm sure she was a very happy woman, but it seemed to us at the racetrack, us cynics and sarcastic fools and degenerates, that uh, she was getting hosed because the guy hung on forever. Is that not what happened with Josh McDaniels and Belichick? Where, you know, McDaniels is waiting in the wings there to become the Patriots head coach. What else? What other job would he want? Now, uh, but I, he's probably in a better spot with the Las Vegas Raiders, no? I, oh, I, yeah. That would be a good prop bet. Who will have more wins this year? You would have to think it'll be Josh McDaniels. If he doesn't have more wins than Belichick, he probably doesn't last more than a couple of seasons in Las Vegas, no? Josh McDaniels? I mean, he's a, younger, most- he's a younger dude. They have a quarterback. They have a lot of talent. Um, and they seem to be willing to spend where that doesn't happen in New England. So, and every- you think he suspended his belief in God if he was, uh, you know, a, a religious man? Josh McDaniels after, uh, you know, what happened with Tim Tebow and his belief in Tebow? <laughs> they don't want nothing to do with God anymore. Never mind Tebow. I, I don't even want to talk about it, right? Hey, you going to church, Josh? No. Become an atheist. <laughs> That would be enough to do it. I mean, uh, and, and it's weird when a guy comes off a failed attempt to be a head coach, he gets another shot, especially. Uh, well, remember, he screwed case. up. He had a second, another shot with the Colts, was like about to be their coach, and then said no, no. So that's why people thought he wouldn't get another gig because he'd already. Well, you thought he was waiting like Wanda yeah, Hooper was gonna be for the, the guy to kick off, the old yeah. man to kick off. Yeah. No? Boy, she aged badly uh, during that period of time also, and they were thinking, oh, what a shame, man. She was some hot babe. <laughs> It was one of those things, uh, like... Uh, Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, where was she married? Like a 90-year-old guy. Um, but he, he checked out right away, right? And that caused all kinds of grief, uh, you know, including, uh, unfortunately for her, the fact that she she didn't uh, outlive him by much. Uh, for you know, she Did they ever problems. get to the bottom of that, or was that was no. just like purely accidental? Yeah, I don't think they ever, like, charged anyone. Yeah. That was like a Chappaquiddick thing. Huh? Whatever great. happened yep, with that. Yep, yep, yep. That whole thing was nuts. All right. Anyway, uh, preseason football tonight. So, uh, what are you saying? Giants two and a half over the Patriots. Louie, where are you going with that one? Giants, I guess. New coach. Giants. He's going to care. Play the points. Belichick yeah. won't care. Establish a winning attitude. Belichick doesn't care. All right. And, and uh, Ravens. John Harbaugh wins every preseason game, laying three and a hook against the Tennessee Titans. Ravens are at home now. The Patriots. The odd thing is, they're dogs at home in a preseason game. Couldn't you see them grinding out like a nice, uh, thrilling nine-six victory? <laughs> with all scrubs in the game? I, I think that's what Belichick would dream for. I think you're going to see um, them go down. I think the Giant, I think Dable wants to show whatever. Same thing with McDaniel. The Raiders cared about that game a lot more than the Jags. That's for sure. Yeah. And that was a theory that uh, some handicapper had written that McDaniels was going back to his hometown and that he actually went to the high school that hovers beyond the uh, grandstand there. I don't even know if it's a grandstand at that uh, Schmanky Field. They played a Hall of Fame game on some high school football field in Canton, Ohio. And that uh, that would add incentive because he had local ties there to the area that that would add incentive for him to go out there and win with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I believe that people that bet the preseason should be brought up on criminal insanity charges. No. What do you think? Just uh, or, or considered that anyway. I mean, uh, not just insane, but criminally insane would be uh, to go out there and bet the preseason with yes. conviction. Yes, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to get picks. <laughs> All right. I guess Harbaugh. <laughs> sure, the Ravens. Uh, thanks to uh, Kyle Petty for uh, joining us. His that book is fun. called Swerve or Die. Yeah. 
life at my speed in the first family of NASCAR racing, which Lee Petty, his grandfather, uh, kind of invented. Started it, yeah. Richard Petty was, was uh, well, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, I guess people would say Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt, number That's one right, all Dale, time. Well, no, everyone says Richard Petty, but Dale Earnhardt Petty, yeah. uh, is like right there. Like that neck. And then I guess Gordon and Jimmy. Well, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson did a lot of things that no one ever did. Yeah. So that's probably the lineage. Petty was very likable, though, also. I mean, he, well, he was, was a cool uh, kind dude. of an engaging he character. He seemed very cool, very coy, and, uh, you know, just had the, the right kind of persona to be legendary in this sport. All right, uh, thanks to Kyle Petty for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Luby, uh, you have a great day. You and well, uh, everybody sir. out there, uh, fantastic being with you here on the Believe Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Obviously, you found us, so that's good. You can check us out on South Florida Live every Monday through Friday. From 7 to 9, tomorrow we do a show called Degenerate Friday. So uh, that'll be right in line with yep. everything that's going on in broadcasting today. Although uh, we do take a little bit of a different slant on uh, a lot of things, including uh, betting the preseason. So uh, well, we'll give you whatever insight we can. Now, if you follow us during a regular season, we have some dynamite handicappers yes. on there, including world championship handicapper Mark Lawrence and, and then uh, the professor, our uh, good friend, uh, is excellent. Tremendous. And I believe has had... I don't think he's ever had a Never. losing season. He, he, he might have come close once, but uh, no, I, I believe he's been a winner every year for us on college football. Yeah, yeah. he's at least 60%. Yeah. He's just disappointed by that because he'd rather go 70 to 80%. But he yeah. always is up every year. Yeah. If you bet his yeah. picks. I, I don't think he's ever been under 500. So, uh, and, and he's had some big years, uh, including last year, which uh, was uh, spectacular for him. Uh, gets uh, really into college football. So uh, check us out on South Florida Live the Defoe show, and uh, I, I think you guys will enjoy that, especially uh, when we engage in uh, degenerate conversation on our Degenerate Friday show. All right, for Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, thanks so much for joining us here and uh, downloading the show and uh, checking it out on uh, Believe. And remember, uh, you got to go tub and grow on the Mets. They may go all the way this year, Luby. They're on fire. And I'm sure the people in New York, uh, the long, downtrodden, and, and very, very, uh, I mean, just... Uh, you, know, you, you talk about uh, suspicious Met fans uh, thinking that uh, when when is it going to turn around and we end up losing. Uh, even they are saying right now, like Tug McGraw, you got to believe. These days, we're all looking for comfort anywhere we can find it. Thank goodness for Landlubbers, Raw Bar and Grill in the plantation because they are making sure you are as comfortable as possible. First of all, they're not only open for delivery and pickup, all you have to do is go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both pickup and free delivery. You're going to have the best wings in the world. You're going to have a great burger. You're going to have their amazing soups. Again, Landlubbers Raw Bar and Grill. It's nice and easy. Just go to landlubbersbarandgrill.com for both your pickup and free delivery. Thank goodness for Landlubbers for making you always feel right at home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.